So today is Baptism Sunday, and for the second year in a row, I had the chance as a minister to not only baptize this class as a pastor, but also as a father. Um, and I really can't put into words um, how special it is to be able to do both. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago that, that, that Clayton was born and dedicated. And I know that all the parents and grandparents in this room would agree that time moves very, very quickly. And so to Clayton, to all of the other class members, uh, I want to say on behalf of your families, on behalf of Miss Abby, Reverend Ashley, Reverend Farrell, all the ministers, all the elders, everybody in this church, congratulations. Congratulations on uh, going through the disciples class. Congratulations on being baptized. We are so proud of you and we are so thankful for all of you. And, and we can't wait to watch you continue to grow and change in the years to come. Baptism marks a significant decision in our lives. We've made our own decision to follow Jesus Christ. Baptism is the first step on a long road. So today what I'd like to do is take just a few minutes to briefly share some wisdom or some advice with our young people and also with everybody else about what it means to be a Christian. Uh, I want to talk to this class honestly about the importance of today and also about what lies ahead uh, in the future. So take this as wisdom, take this as advice, this is heartfelt. These are heartfelt words that I want to share with you this morning. First and foremost, I want you to remember this, and I told you this in the class. The Christian life is about having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that relationship is bigger than any denomination, any church, any preacher, or any version of Christianity. And everybody's relationship with Jesus is going to be different. Some Christians get really caught up in theology and creeds and doctrine, fighting over social issues, getting mad at other people, and they often neglect the most important thing, which is knowing Jesus Christ and allowing him to change your heart every single day, to change the way that you think, to change the way that you act. So to be a Christian, we first must understand the nature and the character of Jesus. What did he teach? How did he treat others? What was his life and his ministry all about? What was important to him? What does it mean to bring the kingdom of God to earth as we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Why does forgiveness matter? Why is it so important? Luke tells us that, that Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah at the beginning of his ministry when he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. And so as Christians, the way that we know God is by knowing Christ and we must nurture that relationship and grow in it every single day. It's a lifelong relationship and it's the foundation for all other relationships, for marriage, for family, for friendship. The second piece of wisdom that I wanna share is that in order to follow Jesus, then we have to do everything in our power, and I mean everything in our power, to live a life that is centered and grounded in love. But love is not as simple as it sounds. You know, last Sunday on Easter, I told you that love always wins, and I believe that, but sometimes we don't feel that way. Paul writes to Romans, let love be genuine, hate what's evil, hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. You know, love is not always easy. Love can be very difficult. Love's not always convenient. The human condition is complex, but it must be an intentional choice that we make. Remember the greatest commandment, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus says on on these two things, hang all the law and the prophets. So if you choose love, then you can't go wrong. You might get hurt, you might get burned, but it's always the right choice. In the book of 1 John, it says we should love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And the love that, that we read about in the Bible must be evident in the way that we talk and treat other people. Strangers and the people in our own families. And remember, love must include forgiveness. Practicing forgiveness on a regular basis. Because here's the deal. If we don't forgive then we carry far too great a load throughout our lives. It's not sustainable. Paul writes in Corinthians that love is patient, love is kind, love is not irritable, resentful, arrogant, rude. It's not not angry. Uh, Love does not insist on its own way. But love must be put into action. Christ came to teach us how to love and we spend our entire lives trying to figure that out and trying to do that. Third piece of wisdom. The Christian life requires and demands ongoing commitment and sacrifice. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And this includes being generous, generous with your time, generous with your money, supporting the work and mission of the church that is essential in this world, helping other people with whatever resources you have. You know, one of my biggest fears for many years, especially during the pandemic, was that 21st century Christianity in America is just becoming a religion of convenience and not one of conviction. It's become a religion that affluent people will squeeze in their schedule whenever time allows, but it will frequently take a back seat to many other things. That's what I fear because that's what I see. Rapid secularization in this nation is presenting significant challenges to faith. And part of the sacrifice that I'm talking about includes reading your Bible, and you're all gonna get Bibles today. Praying every day, serving others, forgiving others, giving your time, your money, worshiping, being in a small group. These things must be intentional priorities. You can't be a Christian alone. It happens in a community. The baptisms happen in a community. We're here to support and love each other. But for that to happen, we all have to be committed to actively participating in the community. I remember I told you guys this story one Sunday afternoon about the minister that hadn't seen somebody in his church for a long time. So he went to visit him. And the man lived out in the farm uh, outside of town. It was a cold winter day. And so he went out there, and, 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 and he, the guy walked in, they're sitting by a big fire, and the minister didn't say anything, and the guy just said, I don't get it, I don't know why I need to go to church. I, those people are hypocrites, they say one thing, they do something else, uh, they, you know, they're not even nice to me half the time. He goes, I pray, I read my Bible, why do I need to go to church? 
And without saying anything, the minister took the poker and he reached into the fire and he moved a burning hot coal over to the side. And both of the men slowly watched as it just fizzled out and became ash. And the man said, say no more. I'll be there next Sunday. What does it mean to grow in your spiritual life? I, I go back to the fruits of the Spirit. Paul says it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We have to cultivate these. That's the test. I do believe with all my heart that the pace and stress of our lives threatens our ability to grow spiritually. And if we don't take the time to be still, to be quiet, time to reflect, time to nurture our faith, then we're going to run ourselves into the ground and be distracted the whole time. Faith requires commitment and spiritual growth requires intentionality. Fourth piece of advice. I believe that Jesus calls all Christians to be advocates for peace and to take peacemaking seriously. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. He says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. You know, our world, and we know this in this community, is full of anger and hostility and violence and pain. And Jesus calls us to bring peace. How do we bring peace into the world? We tell the truth. We go talk to people when we have an issue with them and not talk around them or about them. We don't gossip. We don't believe everything we hear. We bring people together in a world that always wants to divide them. We work for justice. These are just some of the ways that we work for peace. But the most important thing that we can do to, to find peace and spread peace is to have peace in our hearts. Because if you don't have peace in your heart, you're not going to be able to spread it to anybody else. We all know that. We've all lived that. Fifth. I believe Jesus calls us to be around people and to serve people that are not like us and that are less fortunate than us. In Galatians, Paul writes, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus pushed the social norms of his day. He associated with people that were considered outcasts and sinners. And he calls us out of our comfort zones to be around and to serve people that are not like us. Jesus said, just as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And that's why at this church, we have countless mission and outreach projects to serve this community. So maybe it's a Habitat house. Maybe it's this next weekend. We're going to build these disaster relief houses on our property. You can come and do that. Maybe it's uh, being at Fall Hamilton as a reading buddy. Maybe it's going to Guatemala or Africa. Human beings seem to be drawn to people that are just like us. And so we have to work against that and make sure that we understand the importance of being around all kinds of people. And that takes effort and that takes time, but it's a very important part of being a Christian. It's breaking down barriers of race and class, breaking down barriers of politics and ideology. Everything doesn't have to be political. And serving the least of these is a commandment of Jesus. Lastly, this morning, as I said last Sunday on Easter, the Christian faith involves living our lives with a resurrection mindset 
which involves not living in fear and living out the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus said. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them what I have commanded you. And then he promises us, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. How often do we share our faith? How often do we invite people to come in and be a part of our church or churches? There's a lot of churches represented here today. We are called to live in the spirit of Easter. A friend of mine wrote a book called Finding a Faith That Makes Sense many years ago. And he says this in the book. He says, there's resurrection all around us. Every day there is resurrection. Daily there are moments when life breaks through. Maybe we can't explain it or predict it or schedule it. But if we have eyes to see and hearts to feel, it's there. The awe, the wonder, the joy. It's in the eyes of someone you love. It's in the human stories of love triumphing over hate. It's in the presence of God enduring with us when we go through some of our little moments of dying. And don't we all have those? If your faith is strong and it changes your life, then you will want to go and share it and not just keep it to yourself. Or as St. Francis famously said, go preach the gospel, but use words only if it's necessary. Live out the Great Commission. Introduce people to Jesus Christ, not just by what you say, but by how you live. Let your Christian love be evident in how you live. So congratulations, disciples class. I'm proud of you guys. We love you guys. This whole church is proud of you. We're here to support you now and in the years ahead. And I promise you, you guys are in for an incredible journey. It will have its ups and downs. But just remember that today is only the beginning. Amen.